Welcome to episode three of the Golf Monthly podcast. Uh, we've had Ryan Fox, we've had James Heath, and now we have Alfie Plant for you. So I caught up with Alfie recently. Uh, he's just about to start making his way as a, as a professional, he turned professional, uh, having had a very uh, impressive amateur career that obviously culminated in a fantastic performance at the Open in 2017. Uh, he won the, the silver medal, he was the leading amateur. Um, he had actually was the only amateur to make the cut at the Open, which meant he had this sort of glorious two-day game of golf with the best players in the world at the Open. And he smiled his way through the whole thing. And I'd say that my abiding memory of Alfie is that as a guy who is very much uh, what you see is what you get, happy-go-lucky, very friendly, very smiley. And uh, we had a really good morning. So we, we met up at Sundridge Park Golf Club, which is where... He, um, he is attached to down in, uh, in Kent, uh, just inside the M25. Uh, if anyone knows about it, you'll know it's a really good, really classic sort of members, members golf club. And, um, and Alfie, that's where Alfie plays his golf. Uh, although I suspect they won't see an awful lot of Alfie this year as he'll be um, turning up to wherever he can get an invite because he hasn't got a status on the European Tour yet, but that's certainly what he is working his way towards. Um, okay, that's it. Enough from me. I'm going to hand over now to the interview. Enjoy. Right. Hi, Alfie. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Um, let's start by just explaining to everyone where we're sitting, where are we in the world, and what is this place to you? Okay. Well, we're at Sundridge Park at the minute. This is uh, my home course. Um, yeah, this is where I'm based and do all my practice out of. So, um, yeah, it's a good place to be. You know, it's pretty local, and um, you know, pleased that the uh, the club give me the support they do. Um, and so, tell us a bit about the golf course. So, d- did you play a lot of junior golf? Here, you said you were at Rochester and Cobham. Yeah, well, I originally started at Shooters Hill Golf Club. Right, yeah. Um, so I was there from the age of 10. Uh, so I was up there for oh, a good six years. So that's kind of where I uh, started learning, yeah. So, um, and then from there, I went to Rochester and Cobham. Um, and now, yeah, I've been at Sundridge Park now for well, a good four years now. So um, they, they always, People always say that, that, that professional golfers on tour, the, the sort of style of golf they play is a, is a result of the golf course they grew up playing on as a, as a youngster. So they play the golf that kind of, that, that golf course led them to play. So yeah. if that's true, tell us what sort of golfer you are based on the golf course you grew yeah, up. Yeah, I suppose it is. You know, if we go by a Shooter's Hill, by example, it's, uh, it's quite short. It's very narrow. Um, <laughs> It's on the side of a hill, um, <laughs> you know. So yeah, the greens are very undulating. It's very tricky, and um, yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's where my game comes from. Really, I'm not, I'm not the longest. I'm, I'm pretty straight out there. Uh, my short game uh, gets me out of a lot of trouble, which it needed to at Shooters Hill. And um, yeah, I suppose um, yeah, that's that. That course kind of grew grew my habits that I've got now. So. Um, <laughs> Looking back, back on it, I wish I was on a, a monster long course. <laughs> I did it miles, and, uh, but um, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's where I've kind of got my strengths and weaknesses. But then you might not be have such a sharp short game. No, that's it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, <laughs> you want to be able to um, have the best of everything, but uh, that's never possible out there, really. But um, yeah, so I'll definitely take the short game. So, what's your lowest round score around here? 
Round here, <laughs> it's funny, um, it's not as low as you expect. I've had a five under round here, um, but where it's your home course, you kind of get um, a little bit cocky, you know, you get, all of a sudden you're hitting driver on every hole, and um, you know, if there was a tournament here, I'd play it completely different to would how you, I yeah. would do. So yeah, every time you come out, it's driver everywhere, It's just driver, it? yeah, you know, you, you know you, you've hit driver once and it's paid off, so you think you can do it every time, <laughs> don't you? So, um, yeah, I kind of have a, a lot of birdies out there, but <laughs> slinging a lot of bogeys as well. So. Yeah, but it's fun, you know, it yeah, uh, keeps my driver nice and straight, which it needs to be out on tour. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's not as low as I want it to be, actually. Um, so, Alfie, tell us about how you first got into golf. Yep. Who were the influences on you as a youngster? How did you get into it start? Um, it was definitely my dad and my granddad, really. Uh, they were both members at Shooters Hill. Um, so I used to, yeah, just follow them around or always be at the golf club when they're at tournaments or on the weekends. So, um, yeah, used to follow them down the range, just kind of get a, get my own club and just swing away. And uh, yeah, here I am today. <laughs> Did anyone give you any lessons? Was there any kind of coaching at that stage, or was it all just um, get just, a club? Just family, it? really. Right. Yeah, they would. Um, they'd obviously uh, had a bit of coaching themselves, so they'd always kind of give me tips and advice. And um, yeah, so, you know, my, my first tournament was the age of four. Um, so yeah, they kind of took me along and just uh, yeah, whatever they kind of said to do, I used to do. So yeah. And then, obviously, had a very, very strong amateur career. But at what point in that sort of development, when you were when you were a youngster growing up, did you think, okay, golf might be the path I want to go down? Was there a kind of time where you, you got good at a stage and you thought, okay, this is what I want to do? It was it was just like a, a gradual like progression, really. I, I used to love my football. So I had a few trials at different clubs and. Uh, you know, my dream, I wanted to be an ex-footballer, you know, so, um, you know, that didn't work out and golf was kind of a hobby, so kind of got fed up with the football and, um, yeah, just decided to play a bit more golf and then just kind of went through the county stuff, got into the national stuff and, yeah, just kind of got the ball rolling and, uh, you know, the closer you get to kind of turn a professional or, you know, the better you do get, you know, you get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more keen and a little bit more, you know, desire, like, oh, you know, this, this could be actually uh, a job one day, you know, so, um yeah, it wasn't just an overnight thing. I woke up and thought, oh, this is it, this is what I want to do. It just kind of gradually built along the way. Well, what's it like stepping from county level to national level um, at that, that time? So were you at all daunted by the other guys that you were around or were you just really keen to sort of mix it up with the rest of them and see how good you were? Um, yeah, I, you know, I was always, I wasn't kind of afraid of, of going in with better players, you know, getting beat or anything like that would, would phase me. I'd always kind of see that as competition and it'd almost drive me on more. So, you know, when I was in county stuff, you know, I wanted to be with the national guys to see how good they was or, you know, I just, I was always hungry to kind of get amongst that. And, um, you know, when I got into the national squad, it, it was the next thing again. I wanted to kind of get into the, the GB&I squad or, you know, the world stage. So it was always, I was always, couldn't wait to get into the, you know, the, the next step is, I suppose, I suppose. And what sort of support do they offer you at that at that national elite level? I mean, I was talking to James James Heath about yep. this, and he was saying how you get a good support network around you, and it's really it's really useful. T tell us a bit about that. It's great, you know, the national squad. You know, you get you get everything you want. You've got great coaches, you've got great advice. Um, you know, ev everything's there for you to take advantage of. Um, obviously, it depends on the player if they want to receive that advice or. You know, sometimes it's tough to you know turn around and say, actually, I'm you know I'm not very good at that. I need to be able to ask for help as such. You know, so um, 
know, we all think we're, <laughs> we're great at everything. So um, all the support and everything's there with the national squads. And, you know, I absolutely loved every minute of it. Where did it help you most, do you think? What area of the game? Um, do you know what? We're working with some of the best coaches in the game, you know. So, you know, we see Phil Kenyon for part and Graham Walker for short game, uh, Dave Ridley for long game. You know, they've, they've all worked with top pros, you know, throughout their careers. So... You're just learning bits like in every bit of the game, you know, even bits that you thought you was good at, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden you felt, actually, I don't know enough about it. Right. So it was just, it was just like the, um, just the exposure of just kind of all their experiences and everything that they've kind of learned over the years. You're just getting from every angle, you know. So yeah. Sometimes it can be a little bit too much. All of a sudden you're taking on so much information, but there is loads out there to be taken on and you know hopefully you've got a, a good team or support around you off the course to be able to sift through it and you know and take out what's best for you um as you've just alluded to there the i guess the danger is you take on too much information yeah. you start analyzing every movement <laughs> you're making and it becomes very difficult to actually yeah. put it all together um i mean i presume you were good at that filtering out stuff that was no, right and wrong no not at all. No. no 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 not as not not as good as you think um you know I work closely uh, with my coach Warren Wood. Um, yeah, I say coach is uh, a mentor and a friend these days. But you know, I, I kind of lent on him a lot. I'd kind of make all my notes at the England squad. I'd come back. We'd go through it together. You know, so he can kind of digest it, see what they were saying, and then you know, give it to him, give it to me, kind of in his terms, and how we're going to kind of proceed with working on it all. So, right. you know, as a player, you always you always want to get better. So you're not going to not get advice you know you're always just going to keep taking it on board yeah but yeah it, it can be a bit of a hindrance sometimes but um luckily I, I had Warren on board to be able to you know guide me along the way so Alfie are you a hard worker then would you put yourself down as one of the guys um yeah you know I can uh, <laughs> can all of a sudden lose a couple of hours on the drive oh, really, road, yeah. you know so yeah so now I kind of uh try and set myself up time limits and that so you know if uh, <laughs> If, um, yeah, I go over that time, I know to go, or, you know, someone will have to pull me out, you know, so I manage as good, you know, I'll give them a time, and that's it, as soon as that's it's it. that time, get me out, yeah, so. <laughs> And just say one more, just one more. Yeah, so, yeah just one more, just yeah. <laughs> one more video, please. <laughs> and so, tell us about the, the, those amateur highlights that I mentioned earlier. What were the big moments, do you think, in your amateur career, the ones where you thought, okay, do you know what, I'm good enough, not just, I want to do this for a living, but actually, I'm good enough to do this for a living? Um, when I found out, well, felt like I was good enough to do, it was it was more the open stage really, you know. It was um, I'm playing alongside pros who I watch every you know every week on TV to you know aspire to be like. So you know that was kind of the moment then when I felt you know what I competed. I know it's only for one week of the year, but you know my game held up under you know a good bit of pressure. You know it was the first time I played in front of crowds and you know real TV screens and um, you know after that week it was you know. I just felt like that was the time, you know, realistically, if, you know, if I was going to give it a go, I was at you know, kind of my strongest point or gave myself the best platform to be able to work off of. So, yeah, it was, it was that late on, really, that was I it? kind of felt, you know, because not everyone's going to make it. So that was the time to think, do you know what, if, yeah, this is the time to give it a go and, uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, what were your expectations going into Open Week? Um, well, the, the, the goal was, was just... Solely focused on the silver medal. Was it? Yeah. Um, you know, for how big the tournament was, I was, I was playing against what six or seven guys. So like my tournament as such was was quite small. Right. And it, you know it's quite realistic. As soon as you say, can you beat six other guys? You think, oh, you know your odds are pretty good, aren't they? You know, rather than going, 
you know, I want to I win the Open. It's like, well, all of a sudden it's tough, isn't it? You know, it gets yeah. a bit daunting. So, um, yeah, that, that was my goal of the week, win the silver medal. Um, you know, and I, I was quite pleased that I was the only amateur to make it through on the weekend. I mean, I could kind of relax and enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. as long as I had enough like, balls in the back to finish, you know, <laughs> I could just, just wander through and, uh, you know, take everything in. Um, tell us about what it was like, because I can only imagine stepping, you know, going out somewhere like Birkdale, you put your bag down on the range and there's, you know, the world's best players next to you. What's it like, that, that moment where you're kind of like just exposed to suddenly the biggest stage that the sport has to offer? It's, it's strange. There's a couple of times on the range where I just kind of stood back and just, I just, just kind of take it all in and just like, you know, realise where I am. You know, this is kind of the dream to be on the range with these guys and uh, it was going to be a shame if I kind of got so focused that all of a sudden I got to the end of the week and didn't realise what was going on around me. So, you know, as much as I wanted to win the silver medal and that, you know, I wanted to enjoy the week, you know. I didn't want to get through the week and go like, what happened there? Like, <laughs> I've got no memory at all. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was quite a few times out there where I just stood back, yeah, just watched the guys do what they do and, um, yeah, just make a mental note of, like, you know, how far I've come and all the hard work, you know, it's finally paid off. Who are you watching? Who are the um, players that you sort of took a moment to... Uh, like Dustin Johnson, you know, it's great to be up close to him, seeing you know, how far he actually hits it, you know, and how big he is as a guy, you know, you know, it's. Uh, I'm not sure that is great. such a good thing, is it? See <laughs> yeah, how far true. he hits it. Yeah, true. Yeah, a little bit daunting. Yeah, when you got the because you've got the track man's on the driving range, so yeah. every bay you're in, it flashes up your things. So it's like. I said to my coach, like, do you really want to get driver out here? <laughs> because I just don't want to see the difference. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just loads of great guys, you know. It's, um, it's such a busy week. You, you know, you, you want to see as many people as you can. But where it's so big and there's so many different times, you just kind of have to come across who you come across, really. But, yeah, Dustin was there. Um, yeah, I played a patch down with Matt Siama, which was great. Um, you know, Jason Day. So anyone who was kind of, you know, Top ten in the world, you couldn't wait to see. I just see what, how they kind of handled themselves around the tournament. Are you constantly comparing yourself to them? Do you um, find yourself doing that a lot? I think you've got to. I think if you want to be in their situation or you know in their position, you, you've got to kind of study them. You've got to know what they're doing good at. You know, you've got to you've got to have something to be able to look. You know, to go forward for really. If you're kind of basing your guys who um, you know are really good golfers, but you know. Um, kind of trying to keep their card every year or, you know, it's, you know, just just normal guys. I think you kind of, you'll always get content with that or you'll always kind of get to that level where if you're kind of always going for people out of your reach or always at the top, you've always got something to aim for, you've always got something to keep the motivation going because, you know, it's, it's such, such big strides to be able to get there. So I always think, you know, pick the best guys out there at their game and, and try and chase them, why not? And, and what did you learn? I mean, obviously you learned an important lesson, which was that you're good enough. Yep. <laughs> what else did you, what did you learn in terms of actually what do you need to do to get better or things that you can implement right now that would really help you? Was there anything, any learnings like that that came to um, you? Yeah, kind of off, off the course, I learned that, you know, um, just being myself and being normal was, is fine. You, know, you just think, Oh God, are you allowed to show any personality, or you know, yeah. are you allowed to have fun out there? Is it you know really that serious? But you know, once I was out there, you know, the guys are all having fun, you know, and um, behind the scenes, kind of to cameras and stuff. It was nice just to be able to be myself, and people kind of accept me for who I am, you know, because you, you know it's such a big stage. You don't want to yeah. say something, and the next thing you know, 
on Twitter, everyone's hounding you because you know they don't like you. Or you said something wrong, so you know it's uh, you know them kind of things you just don't know. And um, I could never come up to Sundridge and get kind of two or three thousand people down the first fairway and practice that, you know. Right. So stuff like that. It was there was a lot of things I kind of ticked off to say. Oh, I can play in front of a crowd, you know. When there's a camera there, I can I can still hit good shots. You know, they they was always good. Was it mega nerve wracking? Um, it was, but I, I was so excited. You know, the right. adrenaline was like was pumping so much. So for as much as I was I was nervous, I couldn't wait to get going. You know, it's um, you know you used to have chipping comps as a kid for you know to win the open or you know a putting comp with with my friends. Like you know you got two putts to win. You know, so it was always it's a dream to be where I was and um, to finally get there. I was never you know going to be nervous and and not enjoy it. I was just going to kind of you know take it all in and yeah. just love every minute. So um, yeah, but you know. There's loads of learning curves, you know, loads of things, you know, fitness side, they're all, they're all in the gym now, they're all stretching, they're all getting stronger. For as much as um, <laughs> I'm not very good at the fitness side or enjoy <laughs> it, you, you can't afford not to no, do not it to because be. you, you're going to be losing too much ground. So it was just nice to confirm, you know, all the kind of things that the guys are doing and just to make sure that <laughs> you're in check and doing the same thing at least. Yeah. And you obviously you took a lot of fans of your own, yeah, you know, friends and family. Yeah. And, uh, the quote I liked about it was that you, that they'd taken over pontins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that a fair? Is that a fair reflection? Yeah, on? they did. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was only across the road, and um, you know, I only got the spot three weeks before, so there wasn't too much about. But yeah, they was all in there, all, all having a great time. You know, I'm sure there was a uh, Shirley Bassett tribute night or something. They all had to go out <laughs> and a little sing along too. So, you know, they had a great time. You know. Um, on the Thursday, it was pouring a rain and miserable, and you know they was all out there absolutely loving it, and yeah. uh, you know cheering me on. So, um, did it help? It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course it did. You know, um, <laughs> my family and friends they followed me everywhere. You know, I didn't expect that many to come up. You know, it's not like I was local. It was a good four or five hour drive. Um, you know, people was only going to stay for the Thursday and Friday, and I made the cut. Nothing <laughs> 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 to tell their wives that they're standing you know, yeah. the weekend and that. So. You know, it was great to um, have them all there, and it was great to be able to get a good result so that everyone can uh, you know, celebrate and um, you know just be a part of the uh, like the journey as such. Did you ever want to just take yourself out of the bubble and go and spend a bit of time with them, celebrate with them? Well, well I guess uh, that's uh, just uh, Sunday night, was it? Yeah, Sunday night. So I had to drive. No, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so oh, okay. you know, I was in I was in KFC. I think two in the morning. You know, <laughs> tucking into a fully loaded or something. So uh, you know, it wasn't as glamorous as you thought, but um, you know. The Friday evening in the tent, you know, we was all in there singing and that. So, you know, the tent was rocking at one point and, um, you know, yeah, we did celebrate when we got back, so it was fine. Um, so now, obviously, you made the decision to turn pro. Yep. Tell us about that decision-making. How Was it difficult? Was it, OK, now's the time, let's go? Uh, tell us about it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's something just, that people probably don't know a lot about. It's, it's, it's just, for me, I just found it was the next step, you know. This is um, it's something I wanted to do. Obviously, after that, I felt like, I, you know, I could contend and I could earn a living at it. So, yeah, it, it was the right thing to do. It was, um, yeah, yeah, just the next step. So, you know, kind of got in touch with management companies, kind of see what kind of what they was doing and that, and um, decided to pick uh, Lagardere. Um, you know, they've done a great job for me so far. You know, I've had quite a few starts. You know, um, Jamie smiling over there in the corner. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <that's it. laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gradual, it's a gradual step again. Um, it's a new world I've kind of got into. Um, is that that bit of an eye opener? The sort of the business side of 
of sort of stepping out of kind of golf as a as a sport that you're just playing, enjoying, getting better at, being really good at, and then suddenly, you know, it's it's a job and it's a yeah, it is, is it different. You know, all of a sudden, I've got to treat myself. You know, I'm not just a golfer now, and you know, a lad just out there having a crack. I, I am a I'm a business myself, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, the financial side, um, kind of dealing with like clients or sponsors, um, you know, just living your everyday life, is all of a sudden, there's a lot more as aspects to be able to get through. So, you know, financial side, I, I've never kind of dipped into that at yeah. all, you know, like yeah. uh, taxes and, you know, yeah. all, you know there's, there's loads of stuff that, you know, has never interested me or I didn't need to, didn't need to know before. So. Yeah, that side of it, you know, off the course, getting stuff kind of organised, there's a great deal going on, you know, and um, I've hopefully got guys around me that are, you know, pointing me in the right directions and, do, and doing the right things. But, yeah, it's, it's a new world, it's exciting. I haven't had it all my own way yet, you know, you, you half expect you're going to step over and that's it, you're going to be straight out there, get your card, win, you know, it's just, it's just the yeah, only yeah, dreams yeah. kind of get carried away. But, you know, it's just, it's just um, it's not how it is, you know, there's only a fair fair few that zip through the net and, and crack it straight away but yeah. you know all um, <laughs> us other mortals you know take a, a bit more time to settle in adjust and uh, learn the ropes and um, yeah just gradually move up the ladder. So I mean you played Portugal Masters, Dunhill, yep. Valderrama at the end of 2017. Yep. Um, Valderrama being, you played well in Valderrama right? Yep. Yeah that's one the first of the hardest. cut made. Right yeah. Um, yeah. You know Valderrama <laughs> It's, it, it just kind of suited my game, you know. It's um, it's not very long, it's very tight, it's very tricky. Um, you know, all them years at Shooters Hill, you know, paid off, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I made a fair few up and downs that week, but I just felt comfortable that week. I kind of had two before that. That was my third one. I just kind of felt a little bit more at, at ease around the course, you know, how things kind of work with courtesy cars and, you know, just um, where you go for your lunches and going to the tournament office. And, you know, it, it, it all just felt a little bit easier that week, okay. you know, which was nice because. You know, I kind of rocked up to Portugal and it was like, yeah, what, what, what's going on here? Like, right. Where do I get those courtesy cars from? Where do I eat? You know, your course plans you have to buy online. I, I didn't even know that. You right. know? So it's, there's, there's, there's loads, you know, behind the scenes that you've got to get used to and you've got to kind of feel comfortable with. So, yeah, Spain, I just kind of, everything just kind of settled down a little bit and I just yeah. felt a little bit more, oh, I know where, I know what I'm doing or, you know, where to go. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was nice to finish 2017 with a, with a cut made and a check, um, and a check. yeah, <laughs> check, yeah, which uh, soon gets dwindled down after expenses. <laughs> I bet it but, does. Um, Everyone's got their fingers <laughs> on it. <laughs> but it's great, you know. It's um, yeah. Again, it just it was just a little uh, tick in my box. You know, made a cut. You know, I competed again with with guys on the European tour. You know, played with uh, with Kaima that week, you know, major winner, and it was nice just to be able to compare and just. Just, you know, just reiterate, oh, you're doing the right things, you know, you've got to keep going. Are you beyond the stage where you're looking at people like that in rounds and sort of, you're able to sort of focus and compete fully? Or are you, is there still a part of you that's kind of like, oh, I'm playing with Martin Keimer, he's a oh, major winner? And um, no, like, it's weird, like, the, the more around these guys, they're just normal guys. You know, like, all of a sudden you see past kind of like the celebrity side of, you know, what he's achieved and what he's done and he's just, you know, it's just Martin, you're having a game of golf with him, you're, you're chatting, you know, like two normal people and you're out there at work, really, just trying to earn as, as much cash as you can. So, you know, the more the more I'm around these guys, the more they're just normal guys like me, you know. It was, uh, it was funny, at the Open, like, I had breakfast for the first time and, you know, you got, oh, like, John Rahm, you got, like, Lee Westwood, like, they're all sitting around you at kind of at breakfast and you're, <laughs> you're sitting there thinking, 
do I get a picture? Do I get an autograph? You know, and then you're like, no, I can't. I can't no, do that. No, I'm, back, I'm, like, I'm with them this week. You know, so, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's, that's glowing. That's, there's part of you that wants to do it, isn't still, it? Still, yeah, of course there is. You know, I watch these guys week in, week out on the TV. So, you know, yeah. they're my idols and people you look up to. So, yeah, all of a sudden there's been a couple of moments, especially early on. It was a bit strange and kind of, yeah, sitting next to you, so I was eating their cornflakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so what's the, the situation now? What... Um, what are the starts looking like for this? What's your sort of schedule planning looking like as we sit here? Yeah, planning's going to be tough. Um, I didn't do very well at tour school. We didn't get through second stage. So I'll be playing off invites next year. Um, so, you know, wherever they come, that's uh, down to Jamie. I'm sure he's going to organise a great job. Great <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sure he will. do a good job. <laughs> Naris on here as well. He can't back out. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, I take every opportunity as I can and... Um, them opportunities, you just got to make them count, you know. If you can get a top 10 and get into the week after and try to, you know, build up a bit of momentum and, you know, just try and get some kind of category, you know, in 2018 to be able to really push on in 2019. But there's loads of guys out here, you know, all good enough, <laughs> all working hard, um, you know, so it's going to be tough, but hopefully I can uh, rise to the top and be able to be out here full time. And what's the, the caddy situation? So your brother caddy for you, the Open. Yep. Tell, tell us a bit about. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, that was my brother's kind of first week on the bag, really, and he's on the biggest stage. So, <laughs> the, uh, the two caddies I played with, uh, the two caddies I played with, the two caddies um, in the first two days, we kind of had to say to him, you know, on the Thursday, like, look, if there's any rules or anything we're doing wrong, let us know. We're completely new to this, you know. Really? My, yeah. brother, my brother's never done this before. And they, but he's a, they he's a golfer, right? He's, he's a, a golfer, yeah. he's off five, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they just started laughing. They couldn't believe that he's <laughs> caddying in the open for his first tournament. You know, they, they might have worked, I don't know, 10 years to be able to start getting majors. Yeah. He's just rocked straight up. He's wandering around. You yeah. Know? So he kept, me, he kept me nice and relaxed all, you know, all throughout the thing. And, uh, you know, I definitely well, I wouldn't have got the silver medal without him. You know, he was making me laugh all the way around. And, uh, you know, he made a good team out there. And uh, I'd love to be able to get him out there, you know, full time, all the time. But... It's hard with invites, you know. He's, he's got his own job of his own. I yeah. can't just say, oh, you know, Albert, you know, chat your job in. We, we might have like seven weeks' work next year. You know, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's great the weeks that we are together, but it's the weeks off the course where he's still got, you know, pay for things and go out and you know do what he wants to do. So um, at the minute, I've been having kind of local caddies, right? Yeah, um, which I've I've learned a lot from, such as. What I don't really like. Go on. Um, Go on, tell us. Well, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just loads of different things. Well, what's, the, what's the number one thing that a caddy might do that you just think, don't um, do I, I, I don't like it when they, like, they pull the club out of the bag before you've decided. Because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, is it that one then what he's pulled out? Or is it the one I'm thinking? Right, think, yeah. No, don't, just, just leave it. Leave you it. Know, just Let's carry have a discussion the bag. First. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff, I like just putting the club out of the bag and then going, I think it's this one. Um, you know, being a local caddy, like I should be telling them what I want. You know, they've only seen me for three holes and now they now they know my game inside out. But yeah, so like just little things like that that you just don't you don't kind of want them doing really, and um, just being able to kind of keep up with play and you know being punctual. You know, there's a lot there's a lot going on. So the last thing you need to be worrying about is is the caddy in yeah. the right place. Is he here? You know, yeah. so, you, know, you know, there's a few different things. But last week I had um, a guy, Gary, um, 
he's done a few bags over the years. He's been on tour for a while, and you know he was great. I learned a lot, and you know it was the first week I kind of felt, oh, that's like, that's what that's what I need, like you know, on a regular basis, and that's the difference between maybe making a cut and missing a cut. You know, yeah. they can save you two shots easily out there. Yeah. So um, a caddy is a big part, but yeah, I don't know when my next start is, or you know who's about or not. So um, it's a little bit tough at the minute to kind of get some consistency. Yeah, how, I mean, how difficult is it in terms of sort of focusing your practice and getting yourself, I guess, without knowing exactly where you're going to be playing, it must be tricky, kind of. you just you just got to, you just got to be ready at any time. Any time the phone call go, like goes, you just got to go, I've got to be ready. Yeah. You know, there can't be any excuses. If that's, if that's your opportunity. Yeah. You can't be going, oh, no, I'm not really ready this week. It's, you don't know when you're going to get your next one. So, yeah. um, anytime that that phone rings, you just got to have the right mindset, you know, and just go right. This is it. This is you know, this is this is a week I can change my life here. Yeah. That's how it is out yeah. there. One good week, you know, everything turns on its head, you know. So, um, yeah, practice is tough, you know. <laughs> As today, you know, it's raining out <laughs> here, so it's, it's pretty miserable. Yeah, yeah, it's been snowing the last few days, so um, practice is tough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, when you can't grip the golf club because it's too cold. Are you, are you somebody that gets fidgety at home if you're kind of if you can't do anything? Do you, do you yeah, I, you know, I just I almost feel like if I'm sitting at home, it's time wasted. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like twiddling, like twiddling my thumbs, like oh, what? I could be doing something yeah. here. You know, I, you know, I feel like I'm going backwards, or you just feel like, you know, there might be other guys who, all of a sudden, they've had the week in Portugal to practice, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, the work they're doing, like. So you, you know you're always trying to keep up with everyone else, or trying to you know be one step ahead of everyone else. But you know it's not always as easy as that. And you know I love coming back home. So for as much as I want to be in practice and that, I've got a girlfriend who uh, wants to see me every now and then. And uh, you know, I've got family members I miss while I'm away. So it's nice to have you know some rest and it's nice to see them guys and catch up. Um, and we were talking earlier about Hong Kong and now you travel out there. How, how do you feel about the travel side of it? Are you when you go away to these tournaments, are you there purely for business or do you allow yourself the chance to kind of take in where you are and um, enjoy it a bit? It all depends on the week, um, where you are in the world. You know, Hong Kong was uh, such a great city, um, but you know, you're, you're at the golf club all day. You know, you're either doing your practice round, working around the course, maybe doing a bit of work. You're always kind of revolving yourself around your tea time. So the only real time you get or guaranteed you get is of an evening really so there's only so many kind of restaurants you can go to you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, there's only so many burgers or pizzas or steaks like you get a bit bored of eating yeah. out all of a sudden so um you know some of the spots are great and some of the spots you know some of the guys are probably you know don't mind missing a cut here and there because they got the weekend you know in paradise <laughs> as such you know so you know there's there's definitely countries where um you know if you miss the cut it's a little bit easier to swallow <laughs> but um you know you don't get as much time as you think, you know, I took my, I took my girlfriend uh, to uh, Mauritius a couple of weeks ago, and um, that's was, a tough life. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, but it was great because she she always thinks I'm on holiday every week. So uh, <laughs> matter of fact that she didn't see me for kind of five or six hours because I was out of cold. Yeah, you know, I kind of uh, got her on my level, and she doesn't uh, feel as guilty now in other ways. So um, you know, it's, uh, we go to some great spots, but I'd love to be able to see you know the country itself a lot more but you know we're there to work you know so yeah. uh, you got to just get on with that so big question then if we're sat here again in five years time what would you like to have achieved what would you what do you think 
you know, the next few years has in store? Um, I'd definitely like to have, you know, five years worth of European tour cards, you know, I mean, it's, it's great, you know, we're doing a lot of things right, there's a lot of consistency, um, you know, we're finding probably a lot more out of that ourselves. Um, and then in five years, you'd love to be able to tick off a, you know, a win, you know, that'd be the greatest thing, you know, that's how slow it can take out here, you know, it's not, it's not easy just to come out here and win for as much as you think it is, you know, it's, uh, a lot of other factors that you yeah. have to let you win on, like you know. So, um, a win would be great, but you know, just being in contention as, as, as much as possible, I think that's always a good sign. And then, you know, the majors, that's <laughs> the majors, you want to be able to peak in majors, <laughs> win a major, you know, just be able to again contend in majors. Um, there's going to be a couple of Ryder Cups then. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on, know, huh? yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the thing, you know, there's so many opportunities out there, and it's there's so many kind of avenues and paths you want to go down and tick off. So, you know, if you sit there and think about them, well, you know, <laughs> I'll be on the range now, like grafting away. So well, suddenly, yeah, Alfie's gone, he's <laughs> yeah, disappeared, he's yeah, off to so, the range. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, there's endless stuff out there, and I'm sure if you spoke to any kind of guy out here, we'd all <laughs> go list off the, you know, the same achievements we all want to achieve. So, there's a lot. Um, any of them, I'd happily take, yeah. So, uh, but you just got to keep improving and just, and just hopefully it all works out. Okay, so I've got a few quick fire questions okay. for you now. Um, how well do you know your own golf game? That's the okay. question. Okay. Right. So what was your exact handicap when you turned pro? Uh, plus 4.6. Correct. Okay. That's quite low. So you're take, you're, you are, let's say you and I are playing in Stableford and we get to the, third, the stroke of X13. You still you have to make birdie on stroke index thirteen. Um, Is that right? Quick bit of fourteen. Maths. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd have to make yeah. So a par would be one point still. Yeah. So I guess you do, it's best not to think about it like I that, didn't isn't make it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a window into my world and the sort of level of golf I play. Um, where did you finish at the Open? Sixty-second. You've done yourself out of a couple of players. Tied sixty-second. Um, more importantly, how much would you have won had you not been an amateur? The rumour was about twenty thousand. Yeah, twenty-four thousand dollars. That's what I've got here. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> what I could have done with that? Yeah, I was going to say, you don't seem too annoyed. That, here comes the annoyance. <laughs> um, what did Spieth finish on? Fifteen under. Twelve. What were you? Plus four. I don't know, I didn't know that one. Oh, that wasn't a natural question. <laughs> oh, I should have said four, didn't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, And who won the silver medal in 2016? 2016, so that was the year before? What, year before you. Um, Oli Schneiderland, is it? No, nobody. Oh. He won it in 2015. Oh, did he? Andrews, yeah, so you oh, have to make the cut, don't you, to win yeah, it? Yeah, that was close. Yeah. Oh, trick question. So there you go, trick question to finish off. <laughs> 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 nice way of finishing. Um, Alfie, thanks so much for joining us. No, and, um, you know, from everyone at Golf Monthly, all the best uh, 2018. Cheers, uh, we'll you. keep an eye out for you. Yeah, definitely, best. Right, so that's the end of the podcast with Alfie. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked it, please do uh, hit the like button for us. Uh, after, the, um, after we'd um, recorded the podcast, Alfie and I went down to the practice ground at 
uh, Sanju Park where he hit a few shots for us. We were talking a little bit about his equipment for 2018. He was thinking about signing with one of the uh, equipment manufacturers, but it was all still up in the air. Anyway, uh, I can reveal that since then he's signed for Strixen. Uh, I'm actually just looking at a photograph of him now uh, with his Strixen bags. He's got new irons in, woods. Uh, looks like he's got the Cleveland uh, wedges. So, um, so yeah, Alfie's sort of very much um, paving his way as a professional, should we say. Um, anyway, next week we have Julian Surrey, a really interesting guy, a very interesting story. So uh, Julian is an American golfer plying his trade on the European tour and doing very well. He had a meteoric rise through the world rankings last year and his father is Indian, his mother is uh, Mexican, so he has a, a very interesting background. Um, and he's lived in New York, he's lived in Florida, and now we're gonna see much more of him, I'm sure, on the European tour in 2018. So uh, look out for, uh, for that one next week, but for now, it's goodbye. <laughs>